Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopball lakers the following is a hoop bowl presentation what's up Grizz nation welcome to the show i'm your host david williams along with the second coolest host ever in the whole wide world sam brewski and welcome to hoop ball grizz guys and dave's got something to say oh boy the, the second coolest what hostess what? ever? Oh, okay. Ho- I think hostess means female. Well, oh boy, you got well, something to tell me, Sam? I what think I'm th- a bit confused. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are coming to you after the NBA draft lottery. Hostess is also was a brand of uh, Twinkies and uh, yeah. Ding dongs, ding dongs, and, and all they, kinds they made of all different kinds cakes. of nice little, yeah, de- like little Debbie cakes, but Hostess. That's hostess. what I, I'm the the Hostesses. That I'm that I'm those. I'm those. So you're the I'm second those. best snack cake in the world. Yeager, that's it. Okay, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here, man? <laughs> I don't know. All right, guys. So we're coming to you after NBA draft lottery. If you watched it, you already know who won. Congratulations to the Minnesota Timberwolves coming on with the number one pick. Sam, before we jump into all of this, we're going to run through to tell you who the lottery guys are, what those picks are. Did you want the Grizzlies to keep this pick and end up in the top four this year, or did you want them to convey it to Boston? I wanted them to get in the top four. I think that'd be really cool. You know, back-to-back years of being in, well, shoot, they were two last year. That'd be well, dope if they get two again. They but. did have back to back. They well, went four yeah. Jaron Jackson, two John. Yeah, Rand. but what well, you know what I meant? Back to back to back. Then I guess technically going for but, the three peat. Yep, look out. But all right, Sam wanted them to keep it. I, I on the other hand, did not. I did not want the Grizzlies to keep the pick. I wanted on it drugs. to get conveyed to Boston for a number of different reasons. Um, number one, the pick is not protected next year. The West is going to be brutal. So you're going to have teams in the West that are going to be better. Golden State's going to be healthy. They ended up with the number two pick, dear Lord. Um, yep. But th- they're going to be back. They're going to be healthy. Can't imagine that uh, that they're not going to improve their record. Like I, They're, they're going to be near the top of the West. So... Yeah, the Grizzlies are probably going to improve some next year, but there's a good chance that the Grizzlies improve some next year and still miss the playoffs. That's you know there's a lot of the the West is a tough place to be. It's a tough place to you know the Grizzlies' record would have them, I think, sixth in the East this year. Or I mean, they're in the playoffs easy if they're in the East. They were locked in. Oh, absolutely. So you know, like the the West is tougher, but. There's no guarantee that the Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs next year. Therefore, there's no guarantee that the pick is not going to be a lottery pick. And say, for example, the Grizzlies just missed the playoffs like they did this year. They end up in the lottery. 
then they get lucky and win the lottery, and then they get the number one pick that's not protected because we didn't convey this year, then the Boston Celtics get the number one pick. Ugh. I'm not okay with that. Like, so I, that's for me. That's one of the biggest reasons I did not Watch want to see. Up. I didn't want to see Boston in the lottery again. I think there's a lot more talent coming out next year, and I would rather the Grizzlies have next year's first round pick than this one. A good way to look at it. I agree. I, All you right, know, I'm in pay, on that. Pay the debt. Move on. Yep. And well, I mean, they're going to do well next year if everybody stays healthy and whatnot. I I think I mean I have high hopes. I think the Grizzlies can definitely make the playoffs next year, but it's not going to be easy. The Pelicans are going to be better next year. That you know their young team guys are improving. The Pelicans are going to yeah. be good. The Grizzlies are going to be good. Sacramento is going to improve. Um, you know, yeah. Obviously, they're the Suns. You know they poured it on at the end of the season. You like eight and oh man. Yeah, in the bubble, killing it. That that they're going to be another they team to watch. Get out of my way. And so that's you know you you count the eight teams that are in the playoffs, and then those four, and it's like uh. Okay, somebody's going to be on the outs. And really, the only team that I can see that's in the playoffs this year that's probably on the outs for next year, the Thunder. That's it. That's I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen with CP3. I don't expect him to be there. I don't know. Come I, I just, that would be out of the eight teams that are in the playoffs this year. That's the only one that I could see legitimately falling out of the playoffs for next year. You can argue the Jazz. I don't know. I just I don't see that. I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell is uh, showing what he's made of, playing extremely well in the playoffs. There's a, there's a lot there. The, the Jazz have a lot of talent, and, you know, they're not a, a young team by any stretch. So, you know, it's not – they're not going to have huge growth. But I don't think that they're they're not looking to blow it up to rebuild, so I don't see them really falling out. But let's run through. Uh, so Sam was he kind of wanted to see him get in the top four. Yeah, and we'll get to. I'm gonna. So all right, Sam, Grizz is laying in the top four. Who are you wanting them to take? Who are you like if you're the Grizzlies laying top four pick? They get fourth pick. Let, let's say they get number one pick. So oh. that, so everybody's available. Grizzlies win the lottery with the point five percent chance that they had. They get the number one pick. That'd have been dope. Who are you taking? I would take Lamelo Ball. You're taking Melo. I would. Okay. I I mean I'm not gonna argue that man. I think that he, I I think he's the most talented mm-hmm. in this draft, and yet he's a ball dominant guy, but he's also got the length to play other positions. Yep. You know. I think that you could plug him in at the three. Mm-hmm. That's um, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I if if they got number one, he was a guy for me. I know a lot of people like Anthony Edwards from Georgia. Just man, it really he strikes me as just Dylan. Honestly, that's what. And, and yeah, he he's young. He's got upside. I understand that, but he was not very efficient at Georgia. And I just don't – there wasn't enough there. I didn't see enough in the games that I watched him play and the highlight reels that I watched of him. I've been watching a lot of film of the draft picks, like prospects to see kind of where the Grizzlies 
if they fell in the top four, who would they be looking at? And we're going to talk about some of those guys. But I just wanted to see Sam, Sam would take LaMelo if the Grizzlies got one, and I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, – a lot of people I've seen talk about Wiseman, you know, draft Wiseman. I understand the love affair with Wiseman mm. because he is a Memphis kid. He's got ties to Memphis. He's a seven-foot athletic kid, get up and down the floor. His shot is inconsistent. His decision-making is inconsistent. Obviously, that's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of the inconsistencies with the rookie, and you know you hope to polish some of those things out. There was, There is not, from last year to this year, there were three guys at the top of the draft last year that were hands down, no doubt, clear-cut, NBA-ready guys. Zion, Ja, and R.J. Barrett. Those three guys, there were no questions. Yeah, they may have had some holes in their game, but coming into the NBA, you knew that these guys were going to be NBA-ready. And, yeah, LaMelo and Edwards and Wiseman, they're going to come in and they're probably going to play and have an impact, but I don't think that any of those three guys – if any of these three guys were in the same draft as last year, none of these three guys, cry. They, they don't crack that top three. There's nobody in this draft that I would take over any of the top three from last year. Probably not. All right, so the draft or with the Grizzlies passing this pick on, the Grizzlies' only pick in this year's draft unless they trade rolls in the second round at the 40th overall pick. You know, the Grizzlies have a lot of assets, and I'm not going to say that there's not anybody that they wouldn't like. There there may be some guys that they like enough to trade up for, but I don't expect that the Grizzlies make a move in this draft. It, maybe it happens, but I'm going to be completely surprised if it does happen. Let's run down. I'm going to run through the uh, the top 14, and then the rest of them are going to go in order based off of standings. So you got uh, Minnesota 1, Golden State 2, Charlotte 3, Chicago 4, Cleveland 5, Atlanta 6, Detroit 7, the Knicks falling out in 8, the Wizards 9, Phoenix 10, San Antonio 11, Sacramento 12, the Pelicans 13, and Boston gets the 14th pick from the Jeff Green deal. Thank goodness that is done and over with. And so there we are. That's your that's your lottery. And what we're going to do, we're going to talk about some of the, the prospects. Um, if the Grizzlies were to, if they would have happened to be lucky enough to end up in the top four, I've got a few guys that um, I know that, that are they were pretty high on the draft board. And I just wanted to kind of look at them and break them down. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we will come in. Next week, probably early part of next week, we're going to talk about some guys with the Grizzlies' 40th pick, who they may be looking at, and kind of give some options and breakdowns and and talk about them so you guys will know a little bit about some of the guys that they may or may not be looking at. Obviously, at this point, you know, you're not going to get – they're not going to say, oh, hey, we're looking at this kid or looking at this one. We just have to look at the players, what they bring to the table, and whether it's a fit for the Grizzlies and if we think we're going to pick them or not. I, I'm i not a fan. You know, I, I talked a little bit about Wiseman. I was not a fan of bringing Wiseman to Memphis because of just the logjam, honestly, that you got at Biggs. I think that, you know, you, you've got JV. He's under contract for another few years. 
you got Brandon, you got uh, you got Jaron, and you know you as Brandon's game evolves, you can play Brandon and JV on the floor at the same time. But right now, it's not good to have both of those guys on the floor at the same time. It's just not. They they operate in a lot of the same areas. They do a lot of the same things. Have a lot of the same tendencies. And so, you know, you need Brandon to develop that outside shot more so he can be on the floor, give you a little more versatility so he can be out there. You know, he's athletic. He He's going to develop that shot. I have no doubt about it. But I'm just not a – I was not a guy if they ended up, you know, top four, you don't have to take Wiseman. There, there's guys, and we're going to talk about these guys here, that I would have taken over Wiseman. And that's, you know, you can disagree. That's fine. You know, it's all right. It's, uh, it's just theory crafting. We're spitwadding. That's right. But um, I'm going to give you a little bit of rundown of them. And Sam has got stats, and we'll talk about that. And uh, and, and just go from there. The first guy that I'm going to talk about is uh, he's a six six small forward from Auburn, Isaac Okoro. And I'm sorry if I butchered the name. I'm pretty sure that's how that Okoro, Okaro, something so, like that. That's the way I'd say it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he's got a lot of the one of the things like a big thing with him that you hear is two way player. He can really defend. He was a good defensive player at Auburn. He And, you know, being, you know, playing for Auburn SEC, you're matching up against some good talent. So it's not like he is a good defender in a lesser conference. The SEC is a strong conference. So he's guarding NBA type players in the SEC. So, um Give you some positives about him. Like I said, six six. He's got a six foot eight and a half inch wingspan. He finishes well at the rim. He can go strong, or he's you know he's got a, a really good layup package, so he, he can be strong, or he can fin- finesse it. He actually shot sixty five percent at the rim this year, and that's that's really really good for a guard. That's you know sixty five percent at the rim is good, period. But you know that's what he shot at the doing rim. That. Um, and with his size and length, he can guard one through four. Somebody's running a small ball lineup, and you have to switch him over onto a big with that wingspan. He's going to be able to hold his own. Um, he's got good ball handling skills. He's not excellent, but you know, good enough. He can grab the ball and go. You know, if he rebounds the ball, boom, he can take off. Good to go. He's active when he doesn't have the ball. He's moving, doing all the things that he should be doing. You know, and that's what you need, guys. The reason I like, uh, you know, I watch video on him, watch the a really good uh, draft breakdown of strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, when you have Ja Moran on your team, you need guys that are going to move, they are going to make cuts, they are going to be active, and guys that can catch and shoot. And so, that you know, he he is a guy that I really, really liked. And if they ended up top four, this is kind of one of the guys that I was, uh, you know, obviously if they end up with a number one, they're not going to take him. But if they ended up in the top four and didn't end up number one, this is a guy that uh, that I was looking at. He uh, He's above average playmaker. He can make plays from both sides of the floor. He reads the defense really well. And a couple of the breakdown videos that I was watching of him, there were some cross-court passes that he made. You know, he was driving in and hit a guy in the corner for a wide-open three. And that's something, you know, you need from a two because one of the knocks on Dylan is he gets tunnel vision. He drives in, and when defense claps on him, instead of kicking out to an open man, he's like, I'm not scared of you. I'm taking this shot. 
And so I liked, you know, Okoro's vision and the stuff that he was able to do playmaking-wise. Um, Sam, what do you got on stats on him? What did he average uh, this year in college? I got him for 13 points a game, a block, a steal, uh, four and a half rebounds, and he actually shot 51% from the field. You got his three-point percentage? Uh, 52, I believe is what it's at. I don't have it written down, but I believe it's like 51.5. From three? I think so. On Okoro? Yep. Nah. I think it was. What? Well, it was my phone. No, I don't think that's right. I think you got him mixed up with somebody else. I probably do. I probably do. Hang on. I'll get it. Hang on. Okay. So Sam's going to pull that up. I don't. He didn't shoot the ball that good from deep. And I know that, like, he was a below 70% free throw shooter. And you guys know how I am about free throws. I taught, you know, free throws win championships. That's what those, I was about to say. They win the, championships. Those are the, you know, those are the shots that you have to make. And if you're a guard, you've got to be over the 70% range, in my opinion. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, I was incorrect. Yeah, I okay, was incorrect. So, I had him confused with this other guy here. Okay. Yep. Yep, I sure do because I have it written down there. Yeah, I think Aaron Neesmith is who you were thinking about because yep. he shot the lights out. Yep. All right, so what, uh, what was Okoro from three? Okoro, what was his he was 29. Okay. Trash. So le- less than 30%. <laughs> not quite trash, but trash. not great. Um, so so concerns with Okoro is his shooting from three. 29% is not very strong. Poo-poo. But I think a lot of this just comes with reps. You know, putting putting up shots, working on your mechanics, polishing things. 29% is not great, but it's not awful could get better there are guys um one of the videos i was watching um the the comps jalen brown and jimmy butler were guys that they were comparing him to for size and length and the things that he's available are they're not available things that he's capable of doing um so again you know isaac okoro from auburn six six small forward which the grizzlies are probably not going to get they're probably not moving up to the front of this draft to get a guy like him but these were just guys we had them ready if they did end up in the lottery and, you know, wanted to kind of throw a few people out there. So that's, you know, strengths, uh, finishes well at the rim, versatile, can cover one through four, good ball handler, so he can be a secondary playmaker when, uh, you know, if Jai's off the floor. He can be active cutter when Jai is on the floor. Um, I think that he would be a good overall fit for them. The second guy that I've got is uh, – Man, I his name I've heard it pronounced like four different ways. So I'm gonna Danny Avija is how I'm gonna say it. I think it'd be Avija, Avija or something like that. Yep, we'll go yeah, with whatever. Avija, Avija. I've heard Avi, it. Avija, Avi, Avija, Avija. That's anyway, why I would. It doesn't matter. He, he plays for Maccabi Fox Tel Aviv. He's six foot nine, small forward, six foot ten wingspan, and. So some of the like one of the comps, one of the big comps that you see is Luca. That's what you see with him and his skill set. Sam, I'm gonna have you lead off with stats. Okay. Well, I have a few things on, but actual points per game. I looked it up. It's only four. Okay. Go ahead and just run through them. Okay. Four four points per game. He's got two point four rebounds. He was a forty four percent field goal percentage, and he played twelve point four minutes a game. So what's enticing Over. about this guy? He, he's young. He's played 34 games, too. He played 34 games with them, and he was a three-time Israeli league champion in 18 through 20, and uh, he was an Israeli MVP this past year, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got that, but you look at the stats that he has. And it's like, bleh. And so, Sam, it was funny. When Sam was, uh, you know, we, we were kind of getting together. We were talking mm-hmm. about these guys. 
when he was looking at the stats, he's like, man, do you want me to say these? And I'm like, yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Because a lot of times you hear numbers don't lie. And in some cases, in some cases, numbers don't lie. But when you're evaluating talent, numbers are not the only thing you look at. And one of the things, he's been a ball handler, a primary ball handler, pretty much his entire career. If you go back and you look at, you know, the 18 to 20 and 18 and 18 U teams that he played on, he's he was a primary ball handler. Well, now he goes up into the pro, the pro league and he's playing for Maccabi Fox and he's not the primary ball handler. So he's having to adjust his game. And there are things, you know, one of the things with him, he's a good shooter, very streaky though. He, he's like, you know, below 30% from three, and his free throw percentage is awful. Um, and there's some decision-making stuff that he struggles with, uh, with his size, when he should attack a ba- attack the basket and go for the contact or just pull up or maybe make a pass. There's a lot of, lot of video out there on him. You can go out, you know, I actually, I watched a full game because, you know, when you're watching highlight reels, it's easy to go through and watch and plug in highlight reels. And so, yeah, you're that that's gassing the player up, and you can see what they do. But I watched a full game, and it was surprising because I'm watching the game, and Amari Stoudemire checked in the game. Yeah! I was like, what? That's dope. And, yeah, so I, I didn't, you know, that that's kind of off subject a little bit. But, you know, I wanted to kind of see what he done. And so, so, you know, he struggles with the pick and roll. He's not great at that. That's, you know, in his, uh, in the interview for the draft, one of the things that he said, he's like, I definitely have to work on pick and roll. He knows his weaknesses, and he's been working on them. And he's not a, you know, from what I saw, he's not a blame, like, oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. You know, he knows when, when he's watching film and they're, they're like, okay, what would you do different here? He can look at it and assess it and break it down. And he's got great vision. So when, when he... It sounds kind of crazy when you're saying, like, decision-making and great vision. He makes passes, and, you know, th- there's plenty of things that he does when he when he is rebounding and, and running the ball down the floor. There's plenty of things that happen that you can tell that he has good vi- good vision. But just because you have good vision doesn't mean, th- mean that you make good decision all the time. You It just doesn't happen. Sometimes you just don't. So, like, you know... With his size, you can play him at the three or four. I, you know, I, I say three because of his his speed, his athletic ability. You know, he, he can rebound the ball, run the break. He can move really well off of the ball, which again, that's something that the Grizzlies need. You know, when you're getting some, you know, John Moran is going to be your primary ball handler. You don't want to get anybody, in my opinion, that's going to take the ball out of his hand. Um, with his size at the three, put him in the post. He's got great post moves. He can dominate like smaller small forwards strong kid and he's only he's just under 19 and so that's what you know they look at him and what he's got what he's doing and the things he's done in the past and that's why i say that you know the numbers well four points and you know the numbers look like junk so if you're just looking at numbers on this kid you're like oh there's no way he's a top five prospect uh, get into the film and watch what he does and he's definitely out of the top five projected, Pete, like the the who ESPN has projected top five, this would have been my number one for the Grizzlies because 
with Tyus Jones, when Tyus Jones was out, the Grizzlies offense stalled until like that the last game, Kyle Anderson, I wish he had done that the entire time. It would have made a huge difference. But Denny Avija, Avija, whatever, he that one guy. Denny, we're just going to call him Denny. Denny's. He makes great decisions. like he's a playmaker. So he could be that secondary guy. If Jaws off the floor, he can run the offense. He can, you know, yeah, you can have other guys out there. You know, you could have DeAnthony Melton technically at the one and have this guy run the offense. So there's a, you know, very high IQ, great court vision. He rebounds well. And he said in one of his interviews, the guy asked him a question, and he's like, you know, the most important thing to me is I want to win. I want to do whatever it takes to help my team win. And that's good. He's not a selfish person. And that's that's something that you worry about with something, you know, because some the, the Grizzlies for the most part, they have a good young core and the fact that, yeah, everybody's kind of accepting their role. They know what they need to do and they, they got guys that want to win. And this kid, that's where he was. He's like, eh, yeah, I, you know, I don't I don't care about that so much. I just want to win. So we'll move on from Denny. We're moving the last guy that we're going to cover on tonight's breakdown. Uh, Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt, six six small forward, with a six eleven wingspan. Sam, yo, I know you got the stats on. I this got guy. a bunch I, of. I, them. I, I'm moving on. Did you have anything else on Denny? Did you watch anything on him to I've, see? No, I haven't. You didn't. No. Okay. He, I've seen pictures of him. He looks cool. He'd look really good in, in the in the blue, man. He would. <laughs> he look good. Anyway, but yep. I've got stats here. I actually got 2020 stats and I got career stats. So we'll go over 2020 stats That's first. Cool. So uh, he averaged 23 points a game, one block, 1.4 steals, five rebounds. His free throw percentage was 82.5%. His three pointer, this is where the three pointer was from earlier. Yeah. yeah. He was 52, uh, well, get exactly, it was 52.3, I believe. And then his field goal percentage was 51%, and his minutes per game he averaged right at 36. He only played 14 games, so I mean, yeah, he he didn't he had a uh, a foot injury mm-hmm. and missed some time, but still um, that's pretty solid numbers. It is, it really is. That's uh, you know, the thing the six eleven wingspan mm-hmm. is really impressive. With a six eleven wingspan, you can guard a lot of people. You know, even. Even though you're undersized at six six, you know you can. I mean, and undersized, you're not undersized. But you know, if you have a height disadvantage at six six with a six eleven wingspan, you can make up for a lot. You're like Rajon Rondo. Yeah, he. You know, he had. He shot the ball great. He could score obviously at twenty three points a game. He can catch and shoot. He was one of the most efficient uh, players in the NCAA catch and shoot threes. Super, super athletic. He's really bouncy. Not quite as bouncy as Ja, but <laughs> he, he's pretty bouncy. There were some there were some plays where he really got up, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, you know, he, he can really get up there. His length, he can use that to be disruptive on defense, you know, passing lanes. Just, you know, when, when you got that kind of wingspan, it is a huge plus for you. Um you know, I, I'm not going to dig into him a whole lot. That's He would have been a great fit. He was not a top five projected guy. He was like a mid-round guy. But I, I think that he would have been a pretty solid pick for the Grizzlies. Um, he needs to work on his ball handling skills. He's not great with the ball. 
He's not a great finisher around the rim, and his decision making is not that great. And then one of the one of the knocks on him was taking plays off, and that's something in the NBA you see it happening. But when you first get into the league, that's not you can't do that. You're not you're not going to get on the floor, and if you're taking plays off. In the regular season, eh, okay, yeah, that's fine. But you know, when you get playoff time, you can't afford. You know, every position, every possession means something. It's a win so or loss moment. To, yep, you, you have got to you really lock in. Um, biggest thing for me that I saw when I'm going through and, I, and I'm reading about these guys, one of the the big things on ESPN, they said that he he is really praised for his work ethic, and that's something that you can't teach. You can't teach somebody to have a work ethic. Either they're going to go in and they're going to put it in, or they're not. And that's, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is a great example of that. Jimmy Butler had big issues with Carl Anthony Towns because he didn't want to put the work in. Jimmy Butler has had to work his butt off to get to where he's at. He was a JUCO guy, ended up going to Marquette, getting drafted, developed into one of the best two-way players in the game because he works his butt off. Carl Anthony Towns has always had more talent than everybody else, so he hasn't had to work as hard. And Jimmy Butler had an issue with that. So you can't teach that. You cannot teach work ethic. Some of the greatest players of all time, that's something that you hear from them. Work ethic. Kobe Bryant. Mama mentality. One of the greatest to ever play the game. My man. Worked his butt off. Michael Jordan. Arguably the greatest to ever play the game. Worked his butt off. LeBron James, another guy, incredible work ethic. These guys that were, you know, that, that's three of the best players to ever lace them up. And they all had outstanding work ethic. So Aaron Neesmith, he had that. He had not had, he has it. And that's something that, that was a big, for me, I'm like, oh, man, sign me up, draft this kid. Big, you know, he's got a great work ethic already. He's shooting the ball. I'd like to have him. You know, at those percent, he's already shooting the ball well. I think that he's probably, you know, if he's not the best, he's one of the best shooters in the draft this year. And that's what they need. They need somebody that consistently, that can consistently knock down the three. They don't really, you know, you've got Jaron is your best three-point shooter on the team right now. I don't have a problem if he's still the best three-point shooter, but you need a, another guy with him, alongside of him, that can knock it down in order to be effective. Sam, you got anything else on Aaron before we move on? Mm, no, not really. But nope. his career stats are not as good as last year, so that's what we're going to stick with. Just stick with it, yeah. We're going to stick with 2020 stats. Yeah, you know, but he, he worked. He came in. But he, he did, did, yeah. Yeah, he didn't. Go ahead and, like – do you have the breakdown before the career? Do you have like the? I just have his career stats. Okay, and then this that, year's. that's fine. So you know, like what happened? He came in his first year, and then you know he just worked. He got better, worked harder, and he played more minutes and was more effective this year than what he had been. Though so it, it was you know big improvement for him. That's all we got on on these guys. I so said I wanted to have these ready just in case the Grizzlies ended up in the top four, but we're gonna dig in. We're gonna have. Probably four or five guys for you on the next podcast for uh, breakdown. Talk about guys that may fall into that 40th pick that the Grizzlies may or may not be looking at. But we're gonna we're gonna do that. That'll be early part of next week, Monday or Tuesday. It'll be dropping, and we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. We're, we're, my guess is probably the next few shows that you're gonna see is gonna be are here. Gonna be 
uh, us breaking down draft prospects that the Grizzlies could be uh, could be taken at that forty pick. You know, who knows? They may move up. I, I don't know that they're moving up. I really, really, for me, I don't think that they're making any big trades to move up. At I this hope point. not. They I, just I need to get what the, take what they got and just go with it. Yep. Resign DeAnthony Melton and don't trade Valanciunas. If you do, I'll be very sad. <laughs> very, very sad. So the playoffs are in full swing, guys. We've talked to you about it before. I'm going to run it by you before we get out of here. Uh-oh. Our partner at MyBookie, they are up running. They got the best odds online for you, MyBookie.ag. More lines and better odds than any other sports book out there. Any of them. Right now, you go to MyBookie.ag, you sign up, you use our promo call code, not code. call. Code. Promo code. C-O-D-E. Hoop ball. <laughs> Hoop ball. They will match your initial deposit 100%. You can go and bet on these playoff games. You can bet on the, the games before they start. You can do in-game betting. They have got a ton of stuff. A lot of times the in-game lines are super, super interesting. And I know in the uh, playing games, in the bubble games, Dan was betting a lot of the in-game lines and raking so go check them out, mybookie.ag. The promo code is HOOPBALL for a 100% initial deposit match. And right now they're throwing in extra money for an MLB futures bet. So go sign up, mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL. You get a 100% deposit match, and you get money for an MLB futures bet. Go check them out, guys. That's all we got for you today. We'll come back to you early part of next week with some more guys, breaking them down for the draft. You can find the show at Hootball Grizz. I am at DWill2111. Sam is. It is Sammy B1118. That's a capital S, lowercase a M M Y, capital B1118. That's all we got. Until next time, let's not even go Grizz because I ain't playing again before we come. Mm-hmm. We got to have a better closing, Sam. Uh, Yeager! That works. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.